Ready? Tubby Toes, Baby Sun, and Radical Utopian Fiction. Teletubbies was one of the most popular and controversial children's shows of the late 90s and early 2000s. What was this show exactly? Why was it? And how? Ash, that's a great question. Let's do a deep dive into like the background of the show and how it got started. So let's start with the plot of an average Teletubby show. Let me walk you through this bad boy. In almost every episode, the baby son's going to come up over the hill with a little theme song playing. And it's like, do, 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 you know what I mean? And they pop up, you know, that vine sound, tinky winky, dipsy, la la, and motherfucking po. You know that one? Well, that's a TikTok sound. I'm... Oh, or it's vine sound. It's a vine sound. Is it originally a vine sound? I think it is, yeah. Oh, cool. Then it must have oh, someone was to put. Okay, I was gonna say I heard originally on TikTok, but maybe it was originally on Vine. But well, who cares? I'm just so we're doing this maybe a new way. Was. We're on, our, on the script. I can see. I haven't seen any of Julia's, and I just la- I was laughing at <laughs> Winky Dipsy La, and then motherfucking po. <laughs> it's the only way I can remember this. It's the only way I can remember how that theme song goes. But they would pop out of the Tubby Dome. The Tubby Dome. That's what I'm going to call it. I don't know what the little house they live in is called, but I'm going to name it right now. The Tubby Dome. And they pop out of that Tubby Dome. Tinky Winky, Dipsy, Poe, and then La La, which is very confusing. And then they'd go do some like crazy shit. Like they would, you know... I don't know, just run around, play on their scooters. I don't know. Have like, snatches. Yeah. yeah. They'd watch children out of their tummy TVs. It was riveting stuff as a two-year-old. It was some really crazy shit. And the bizarre psychedelic nature of all of these plots just kind of stitched together and them just being so weird and the design of the tubbies looking so weird made the Teletubbies a unique hit with the babies, but then also a parent's greatest fear. Um, So who would dream up something that weird? Let me tell you who. Anne Wood and Andrew Davenport, two writers at the BBC in the late 1990s. They, in the late 1990s, basically the BBC was like, we need a new show, we need something fresh. We wanna give this little channel a facelift and somebody needs to dream us up a new show. And Ann Wood and Andrew Davenport were really the underdogs in this situation. There were some big guys with some very fancy setups and like detailed, you know, shows that they were pitching. And um, Ann and Andrew were really, they were coming out from behind. They were, they were an independent group and they wanted to make something cool. According to Ann in an interview, she said, that her and Andrew were interested in how children were reacting to the increasingly technological environment of the late 90s they drew up a picture book of technological babies. So that's kind of like what the Teletubbies is supposed to be. They're supposed to be like techno babies, like cyborg babies kind of, right? Yeah. Um, And the show was a little futuristic for its design compared to other children's shows. Like the Teletubbies use a fair amount of special effects, giving the show like a more futuristic feel. Like the title sequence was 3D animated. They um green screen the baby sun they did that special effect to make it look like you know the teletubbies were blasting out of that tubby dome in the intro you know <laughs> these are like pretty unique things and the home that the teletubbies lived in the tubby dome 
you know, it was real, it was real wacky looking. Do you remember that, Ash? Yes. Also, every time you say Teletome, I just think of like a wrestling announcer going, <laughs> coming out of the Teletome. The Teletome. Tinky Winky coming in with the purse. It, <laughs> it kind of looks like, I don't know why, it looks like a little like brassy igloo almost to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah. I don't know how they thought of that design. Um, and they um, take like everyday items that kids like would interact with like a vacuum cleaner if you remember Nunu and they try to like really um, beef it up and for all those who did not watch the Teletubbies or are not remembering let me jog your memory for you Nunu was that weird vacuum cleaner that would suck up the tubby custard and occasionally snatch Tinky Winky's purse he would snatch his purse wasn't didn't Tinky Winky like it up so he's like Ah. <laughs> yeah, basically, he gets so mad. Once he took Dipsy's purse, but Dipsy didn't have that. I mean, Dipsy's hat. Dipsy's like, this is my motherfucking hat. He's like, back off. Okay. So why are the Teletubbies looking the way they are? I mean, anyone who has ever seen the Teletubbies, they're these round, colorful... Alien. Oh, you know what their ears look kind of- Their faces and like heads look like Do you, um, in Toy Story? The aliens that go like... It's the claw, like their little ears yes. and stuff. That's what exactly what it looked like. Came yeah. to me. Yeah. Almost like like the prototype for the minions. Like they're just like yeah. weird, foreign, like alien looking things. I don't know. And you might look at them and be like, oh, why does he look like that? Um, basically he thought that when he watched the moon ending, the astronauts looked like toddlers. They, the spacesuits gave them this like real thick and chunky look. They were basically bouncing around in a land where they didn't really know where they were, really exploring. And he thought it was kind of funny that like spacemen, you know, when they came out on the moon were totally like limited in their language and what they knew. And it was kind of like being a child all over again. And they kind of looked like children. So the Teletubbies are supposed to look like space babies. And that's why they have that space babies, space babies. And that's why they have that like um, real thick Pixar mom builds. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they're tall. Tinky Winky is hench. Tinky Winky is like 11 feet tall. No joke. And like the people, like the costumes, they look smaller on TV, but like if they made a live appearance, like if they went on tour or something, Oh. These bitches were tall. Kinky Winky is pulling heavyweight in the tubby dome. He's a big boy. <laughs> coming in at 11 feet tall. Seriously. Oh, he's, he's coming in with the purse. <laughs> and Poe's like 6'5". Oh, Poe po could wreck some ankles ankles with that little um razor scooter he's whipping around. Or she's whipping around. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Poe's scooter. Yeah. Just, or she, goddamn. I forget they have genders. That's what I learned. I thought they were just agendered, I guess. No? Yeah. An agender universe, but I guess not. Oh, oh, okay. And also the reason they had, they watched children. So there's this real psychedelic vibe to the Teletubbies. The whole premise of the Teletubbies is it's a baby son watching the Teletubbies who are in turn watching real children in their tummies. It's a real inception kind of thing. But the reason that they have televisions in their tummies is because the BBC required that this show have clips of human children. Which seems like a weird mix. So they jammed it in I by like giving that. them teletummies, teletubbies, television, Univision. This is owned by the corporations. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like um, Blue's Clues, where he's like, here's the mail, it never fails, it makes me want to wag my tail. 
when it comes, I want to yell male, and then he opens it, and it's a male. It's like a real child, like asking Blue and Steve a question. Oh wait, really? I don't remember that. My memory blocked that out. I loved Blue's Clues. That's another <laughs> like, yeah, I remember that. I, I remember the whole song pretty much. <laughs> Steve was my man, my human. Okay, now. 11 feet tall to 6 feet tall, and their costumes were heavy. You might be wondering, where do you even put those things? Let me tell you. You find a farm in the middle of England somewhere. You're going to take $150,000 in 1990s money, and you're going to dig a deep hole. All right, a deep-ass hole. Then in that that hole, you're going to build some weird-ass dome. It's going to be 60 feet tall, all right? This is the tubby dome. you got to construct it. you got to build it. It's covered in grass. This is the tubby dome. All right, those rabbits in the foreground, they are real, but they're the kind you're supposed to eat. Oh. them from slaughter, and they have really big hearts, and they kept dying. But the creator said, you know, at least they died a happy death. And I was like, oh, my God. A little dark. They got to die frolicking through a field. Through the tubby farm? Through the tubby farm. They went to the tubby farm up north. (laughs) Where's... Where's Flopsy going? He's going to the Tubby Farm up north. Julia, did the is the Tubby Dome still around? Can <gasps> I go there? I think it is, but I don't know. Oh. <laughs> because they have the Tubby Reboot. They have the Teletubby Reboot, so oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, fun fact about the Teletubby Dome. Here's, here's, a, here's a wild story. Once, while they were filming the Teletubbies in its first season, there was this huge rainstorm, and the set began to like literally vanish under the water, like the Tubby Dome flooded. And it <laughs> because this to- is England, and it rains a lot. And they built a hundred fifty thousand dollar hole in the in the middle of this farm, and um, the literal fire department had to come and pump them out, and a bunch of them had to stay overnight in Tubby Land because the fields were too flooded for anyone to leave. That's terrifying. That's like me in, uh, we have a science center in the city we live in, or where I live in. For Girl Scouts, we did like a sleepover at the science center. And my trip was near the human exhibit. So I slept next to like a beating heart all night. That's so spooky. It was spooky. Like I would wake up, you would just see the mannequins with like the, like veins and stuff on it, like the muscles and the trip was fun that wasn't fun we did a sleepover at the science center too and there were a bunch of other schools there and we we had to um sleep by the part that talked about pollution and like water pollution and like how it was killing the local ecosystem Mm. and it was really sad and depressing and i remember that's the first time i had a climate crisis moment and i cried (laughs) climate crisis anyway continue so when they started filming this bad boy in the summer of 1997 there was a ton of media interest before the show even aired. Um, they wanted to kind of go on and made it, make a quote-unquote quiet, innocent program, but there would literally be helicopters overhead and landlorders like tear, land rovers like tearing through Tubby Land, just really ripping it up in there because they just every day they just wanted to get like you know a shot of the Teletubbies with their heads off to like unmask the Teletubbies to the children but then but then according to you know our girl Anne after the death of Princess Diana you know a lot of attention got diverted towards that and photographers then like started to back off more out of pure Princess Diana guilt which is one of the reasons that the Teletubbies was not unmasked in the early 90s I mean the late 90s it's because of Princess Diana's death made them back the up 
We're like, we already killed the princess. We can't kill the Teletubbies too. <laughs> can the day the music died when the Teletubbies are unmasked. Okay, let me give you a rundown on our four little Spice Girls of the Teletubbies. Yeah, Tinky Winky. Tinky Winky is a man. He is a masculine man. All right, do not forget it, even though he has a very beautiful red purse. He's got a signature move and he puts it where he puts his arms out in a big old T and then he brings them in for a W for Tinky Winky. All right. And, you know, he loves big hugs. According to the website, that's his most important thing. Next one, man, a 10 feet tall fashion icon, apparently the representation of diversity, according to some viewers. And, um, you know, all around cool dude, Dipsy. Dipsy was a green one. All right. Dipsy liked to dance. Dipsy liked to bounce. He liked to, you know, have fun. And he wore a big, like, um, and very on trend, cow printed themed, like, top hat. His signature move, according to the website, is an excited wiggle dance that sometimes ends with him plonking himself on his bottom. And he loves big hugs. I love Dipsy. I love all of them. I feel like Lala was my favorite. Lala was the obvious girl choice. Okay, coming in at a nice, cool, um, like, nine feet tall, we got Lala. Lala is bright yellow, a performer. She likes to sing and dance. Um, she's fun, and she's got a big old ball that she takes with her everywhere it's her little yoga ball um her signature move is a light-footed twirl aka roundhouse kick um <laughs> Lala also loves big hug wow i'm sensing a theme here we got poe coming in at a dainty six five 180 pounds i actually don't know how heavy poe is but i mean it's gotta be look at that look at that dump truck I <laughs> don't get Poe's got a thick old booty. Poe's um, got some cake back there. <laughs> seriously. Poe's a little red one. Um, she likes to fly around on her scooter. Poe's signature move are karate style hand pose and a star jump. All right, she came to fight. She came to play. She might be the smart, smallest one in the chubby dome, but she's going to take out. She's going to do a star jump on her scooter, whip that bad boy around and take <laughs> out your ankle. All right. <laughs> also, fun fact about Poe. I don't think you mentioned Poe was originally played by an Asian woman who, even though the Teletubbies speak mainly like gibberish and baby talk, Poe would sometimes speak Cantonese, which I think is kind of cool. Like Cantonese baby talk. Something that spans all languages. Poe loved big hugs. Like the rest of them. They all loved to hug. Big Uh hugs. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, time to go over some controversy. (laughs) (laughs) Controversy time. Controversy time. So besides a lot of praise the show got from children that's it there was also many parents found this show annoying including my parents and grandparents i remember my grandma she's like if we bring up things from my childhood she would be like oh there's that one show i hated that you loved i was like the teletubbies she's like yes (laughs) (laughs) my mom's the same she's like you have to be high as hell to enjoy that show she's like i thought you were getting brainwashed or something (laughs) And they, they would be right. Uh, mm-hmm. Upon the show's release, some critics feared that the character's use of babbling in place of complete sentences would negatively affect young viewers' ability co- to communicate. The Daily Mirror reported in 1997 that many parents objected to its goo-goo style and, quote, said the show was a bad influence on their cho- children. Unquote. I mean, just look at the way we talk. Is this <laughs> intelligible at all? No. I'm like, We blame the Teletubbies. Uh-oh. Tubby time. <laughs> Marina 
Kramar, a professor of communication at the Wake Forest University, told interviewers in 2007 that, quote, toddlers learn more from an adult speaker than they do from a program such as Teletubbies, unquote. You know, that's interesting because I think part of the reason Teletubbies exists with like the small fragmented sentences and like clear, um, you know, definition between their scenes is because I guess what they're trying to do is teach infants transitions in transition time in a way that's really simple and understandable to them. But I guess maybe that not that I'm here defending the Teletubbies. I'm not like a Teletubby purist or anything. But we gotta like, play a little devil's advocate. Yeah, but they they were trying to teach them like cause and effect relationships and stuff, which could be potentially like good for a young developing mind. It's just hard because we don't have like concrete data on like what television programs are best for your kids. Because really, what be- children benefit from are is like you, you know, talking to them in person and like holding them and like playing with them and like making sure they have their tummy time parental interaction and like socialization with other babies which they don't get when they're sitting in front of a television so like how good could any television program really be yeah they were just trying especially i feel like in the 90s that's when you saw the programs like mr roger well mr rogers is actually a lot older but you saw a lot of educational shows came out during this time the next Mm -hmm. controversy i'm going to talk about is Tinky Winky Gay. Yes, one of the Teletubbies. We're taking this one for us girls. In 1999, American Southern Baptist, televangelist, and conservative activist Cherry Falwell wrote a column warning parents about Tinky Winky, accusing the character to be a gay symbol. Yes, queens! Every time I watch them. (laughs) You rock that purple maroon purse, boy. Reason for this conclusion in his article, he said he is purple, the gay pride color, and his antenna is shaped like a triangle, the gay pride symbol. Oh my god, lavender scare. Oh my. Oh, oh my. my. Imagine if you became a drag queen and your like drag name was Tinky Winky. Just an uh, honor. Whereas any drag queens or aspiring drag queens out there, Tinky Winky is a great drag name. <laughs> Tinky Winky also carries around a purse, as Julia pulled it out earlier. This was first pointed out to parents by an academic and cultural critic, Andy Medhurst, in 1997. He's like, hey, that Teletoby's carrying a purse. And no one really cared until a couple years later. <laughs> and then Ken Vilesman of- Imagine policing the gender of a Teletubby and calling that academic and cultural critiques. Yes. He's like, look at this child's toy. Ken Vilesman of Itsy Bitsy Entertainment commented on the controversy. He's not gay. He's not straight. He's just a character in a children's series. So they are asexual. Boo, boo, boo. I got representation up in this bridge. Basically saying this show is actually based on Judith Butler's gender critical theory of performativity. And ergo, Tinky Winky is not going to teach your kid how to be a traditional man. Sorry about it. Death of the westernized male. Cry western male tears. I don't care. Yeah, take that. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan Peterson. <laughs> there was actually also a banned episode of the Teletubbies called Sea Shaw. Back in season one, this episode was deemed too scary for the target audience ages one through four because it featured two characters made of wood and they would travel using the appearance of a skateboard and they were not really animated. It's very strange. So the two characters were the scary lion with big scary teeth and the bear with brown fuzzy hair. 
The problems were the uncanny appearances of the, the characters, which are married of wood, have uncanny eyes, ears, and arms, and also appear to move on their own. The scary voices, scary scenes, music, and the dialogue, everything was just really creepy and not like the happy, carefree Teletubby you would see. Why would you purposely make something called the scary lion with big scary teeth? I don't know. Like, obviously, then you're making the show to be scary, and it's a show for babies. Uh, Also, many of the camera shots are fake. Instead of being real, they are mirror images created on computers, upping the scare factor. So it's really (laughs) off-putting, and the characters pop out of nowhere, making where they come from unknown, and viewers don't know if they're robots, mechanical toys, or models. There are no mechanical sounds heard, scaring viewers into thinking the animals are mutants with mind powers <laughs> when they aren't. Uh, the car- camera also moves creepily during the, this magical event as it follows the characters. The creepy camera shots are what scared the viewers most. Since the first viewing of this episode, it has since been edited with happier music and better editing. So I have a link. Well, I'm going to have a clip. Since this is an audio show, we're only going to play some of the audio, but I'd heavily suggest you all go look up what these characters look like because they are scary. I'm the bear. I'm the bear. And I'm coming. <laughs> so that's the bear. That's what the bear sounds like. That just gave me literal chills. Yeah, and this is the lion. This is what the lion sounds like. AKA me waking up this morning. And then the Teletubbies are just laughing. I hate this. I hate, that makes it even scarier. There's nothing scarier than sound of laughing children. Yeah, and then... And also, if the Teletubbies themselves are 11 feet tall at their tallest, you know, Tinky Winky, including Antenna, is 11 feet tall. How big did those have to be to be bigger than the Teletubbies? Huge. Well, that they were made by using computers. But, yeah. That's why that it's also- like a 15-foot bear. Yeah, so, yeah. I heavily suggest looking up the original Lion and the Bear clip for you to see it. And tell, tell us how you think at readyrewindpodcast at gmail.com and be like, that was terrifying. Or just um, tweet at us. Tweet at us at Ready Rewind Pod. What what'd you think? <laughs> you can send your therapy bills to Ashley. No. So also this cult this show, of course, had a has a cult following following the show's original airing, with older generations, mainly university and college students, due to the mixture of bright colors, unusual designs, repetitive nonverbal dialogue, ritualistic format. An occasional forays into physical comedy appeal to many who perceive the program as having psychedelic qualities. Oh my god, imagine dropping acid to the Teletubbies. They also, um, kids would use Teletubbies, which were um, like the little stuffed animals. Basically, it's like a cross between a Teletubby and a teddy bear. So they attracted, these little toys also attracted a cult following among college students who go clubbing in trendy tubby shirts in the post-club fatigue. Um, Many fans have been fascinated by the bright colors and the weirdness of the program. So they would just like attach them to like a book bag and they just go raving with these Teletubbies. I actually really hate when people do that to stuffed animals. It creeps me out. (laughs) 
<laughs> the last thing I want to mention, I guess controversy or whatever, Teletubbies are the superhumans. So basically, Adam Roberts originally came up with this theory. He was a science fiction and fantasy novelist. He proposed the theory that the Teletubbies are an example of radical utopian fiction. Rad. So in his theory, the Teletubbies are an advanced culture which has eliminated all need to work, worry, or struggle in any way and have regressed into a childlike state. They are the end point of science. This fictional idea of paradise based on infantilization, which is a more extreme version of the future humans who are mentally childlike but still physically and sexually adult. I mean, have you seen Dipsy in that hat, though? <laughs> Uh, following Sigmund Freud's insight that adult pleasure must mediate the id and superego gratification and anxiety, the only way to attain a completely stress-free life is to surrender the superego, which includes sex. I, so here, here's what I want to say about that. I actually think that almost kind of fits, if you think about it. With the because Teletubbies? The premise, yeah, because the premise of the show is that they're supposed to be living in a really, like, techno universe. You know what I mean? It's supposed okay, to be yeah. futuristic and they're supposed to be. And like, I guess like this really touches on some of the Y2K, pre-Y2K optimism we had, especially in places like the United States where we thought, oh, the world's going to be so much better. The year 2000, flying cars, like this is awesome. So if you ever look at fashion from the early 2000s, and I really mean the early 2000s, like the year 2000 all the way up to like 2001, Fashion from like the late 90s to the year 2000 were like really futuristic. That's when you had like kind of like the Xenon girl of the future looks, right? But then after 9-11 in the United States, you know, with in 2001, fashion started actually in a reactionary way, started becoming more focusing on like American companies, American commercialized. And that's why you see like the rugged, ripped Americana look, like think of Von Dutch trucker hat. That's why it, became, it was like in a, re, a cultural reaction to 9-11. So... Huh. I think that kind of in a weird way touches on that like Y2K optimism, you know, hope for the future that we used to have. So I, th I think in a weird way it kind of fits. Or, I mean, do I think that Teletubbies are, are physically and sexually mature adults? I mean, uh, I don't know. The tiddly tubbies, I don't know if I would go that far. The tiddly tubbies, yeah. though. How'd they get there? Yeah, there's a, there are canon Teletubby babies that people don't know where they come from. And people think that the Teletubbies are their parents, but we don't know for sure. But yeah, so but the question is are they are they a radical utopia society? I can't say for sure. But here's my question. The Teletubbies are supposed to be it's weird because they're supposed to be like futuristic baby looking, but also at the same time, um, that chick, you know, who wrote the show. Um, Anne, so they're not supposed to be children. She's like, it was hard to find good actors because everyone thought the Teletubbies were supposed to be kids, but they're just supposed to be things that appeal to children. Right. What are they? I don't know. But if you want to do more reading, and also, I'm not that smart when it comes to big science, like theories and stuff. But if you are, if you're interested, you can also read further into this in this article called Time for Teletubbies Radical Utopian Fiction, which goes more about this theory. Um, it's written by Ashbaria Anwar. And also, of course, with all great children's shows, there are, there is, a, I don't know if it's famous, but there's a pretty big creepypasta about Yes, I've been looking this. for this. I can't read the entire creepypasta because of copyright. There's a lot of copyright. I remember Jenna Marbles kind of got in trouble with this. She was like, oh, I can't read the whole thing. But basically it was called Tinky Winky's Rage. 
it was it's described if you want to read it the whole thing just google that it was described as a lost episode where a kid he's like having a big birthday party and his dad brings out a vhs of teletubbies and he's like look son there's this is a lost episode of the teletubbies it's never been aired and basically in the episode it, it opens really creepily like nothing is right it's really silent there's no baby son i don't think and Tinky Winky is going crazy and he's destroying Teletubby land. And basically, one by one, he kills the other Teletubbies in very gruesome ways that I will not share because it's very gory. It's so, yeah, definitely trigger warning and like viewer discretion is advised. If you want to read that with most, I also think with most creepy pastas, it is creepy and disturbing. But they're memorable. The Rugrats one haunts me to this day. Oh, yeah. The one that haunts me to this day is the Majora's Mask one. To kind of wrap up a little bit, let's talk about the legacy of the Teletubbies. The original show of the Teletubbies ran for 365 episodes from March 1997 to January 2001. So if you want to watch an episode of Teletubbies for one day of, for the year, you can. The show has been broadcasted in more than 120 countries and 45 languages. How does that work? I don't know. When they go, I guess they have to translate Tubby time and... Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh. As of 2015, the show has reached 1 billion children. Oof. The show has been, was renewed in 2014 and ran from 2014 to 2018. Three runs continue to air on TV today. It has won many, multiple BAFTAs and it was nominated for two daytime Emmys during its run, according to People Magazine. Also, the Teletubbies have a number one single in the UK. Back in 1997, they released a song called Teletubbies Say, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It, it was a big popular song. Wow, that was beautiful, Ashley. Were you a tubby I, kid? I was a tubby kid. My mom said it would creep me out when I watched it because I'd be like in a trance. That's why I thought the Teletubbies was like haunted. She's like, this is some weird shit. It, it was weird. It's a very weird show. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm, if I would ever show my children the Teletubbies, I think I would do a pass. Like, I would show, if I had a show, like, TV, like, PBS shows that I was a kid, I'd probably show, like, Big Comfy Couch. Out of the Box. Out of I the Box. Out of the Box. I would I show, like, Mr. Rogers. Out of the Box. Out of the Box. Out of the Box. So long, farewell. To you, my friend. It, isn't that big blue house? Wait, no. They have a, a. Oh my gosh, it might be. What was the, what was the no. goodbye one from um big the out of the box then? I don't remember. <gasps> oh no. Maybe it was. It just sounds very similar. Oh, it He's went like, like this. Closing time. Come on. <laughs> I or maybe it was because I and I'm trying to think of the big blue house ending song he's like goodbye goodbye my friends goodbye i also love that show <laughs> oh, that one was everything i watched yeah, a lot of tv as a child so yeah teletubbies <laughs> was a show it was a it's a thing it's still referenced today like the simpsons apparently referenced the teletubbies a lot like they parody them and stuff like that so it was a big hit homosexual conspiracy theory asexual utopia or just a weird ass show about astronauts as babies you decide america with a baby with a baby son the true astronaut is the baby son thank you so much for listening let us know what your <laughs> thoughts on the, on the teletubbies 
reach out to us on our social medias on Facebook and Twitter at Ready Rewind Pod, also Instagram at Ready Rewind Podcast, or you can send us an email at Ready Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. Uh oh, it's time to go. Ready? Rewind.